Chapter 22 Connor's dungeon smelled of rotting urine. I vaguely wondered who else had been brought here and how long ago. The dungeon was only a single room surrounded by rough-hewn rock walls and rusty iron bars. There were no windows and no lights except for the few lit candles in the sconces on the walls outside the bars. It was damp down here and I shivered in the cold air, except it wasn't that cold. I was terrified. When Cregan used a hand to open the barred door, I wrenched an arm free of his grasp and got into one got in one good punch on his neck. Mott grabbed my arm and wrestled rested it behind me with the other pinching them tightly together. I'll make you pay for that, Cregan hissed. Once we were inside, <clears throat> he sliced off my shirt and shackled my wrists with a chain that hung from the ceiling. When he raised the chain, I could only barely touch the floor with my arms suspended above me. Mott had gone to the far corner of the room, but now he approached me. In his hands was some sort of whip. It had a long handle with a thick leather strap on the end that he held tightly bundled. Connor said not to leave scars. It was impossible to control the tremble in my voice as I spoke. Cregan's grin revealed his eagerness for that whip to fly. He said nothing about bruises. As long as he hits you with the broad side of his, this strap, you'll feel the pain, but it shouldn't cut you. Please don't do this, Mott. I wasn't a bug begging. You chose this, he yelled. Didn't I warn you before? What's so important about the rock, Cregan asked. It's not about the rock, Mott said. The boy just wants to win. This is his way of proving that Connor doesn't own him. He doesn't own me, I said. The elicited Mott, that elicited Mott's first snap of the whip. I prepared myself per, for pain, but not as great as this. A scream burst from my lips that didn't sound like me. Mott snapped it again and then a third time. My legs collapsed beneath me, which pulled hard at my shoulders. Where's the rock? Without, Mott asked, without waiting for an answer, he snapped the whip again. I felt myself separating from the pain as if part of me had stepped aside to watch it happen. That part of me cringed at the sound of strap-hitting strap flesh. The other part continued to scream. He doesn't own me, I whispered. It's my gold. The whip snapped again, ripping like a claw into my skin. And that Ma then Mott scowled, get a towel. Connor said not to draw blood, Cregan said. He said not to leave scars. Get me the bandages and then we'll leave him alone. We'll give him time to think about his next answer. Cregan disappeared for a moment while Mott cursed and threw the whip back into the corner of the room. A minute later, Cregan returned with a bottle of clear liquid and a cloth. I'll take care of this, Mott said. Don't tell Connor anything more than you have to. Give me five minutes alone with him, Cregan said with a growl. I'll find out where the rock is. Get out, Mott commanded. When we were alone, Mott unscrewed the bottle. <coughs> I caught a whiff of it and shook my head. No, don't, no more. This sting won't be much better than the whip, Mott, Mott warned. He poured the liquid onto the cloth, then pressed it to my back. I howled again and kicked Mott in the knee, and he stumbled backward. You'll get infected if I don't clean this he said angrily. I'm the only friend you've got right now, so don't upset me. 
If you're my friend, then who are my enemies? You are your own enemy, Sage. Look in the mirror for the cause of your problems. Do you think I wanted to hold that whip? He patted my back again with the cloth, and I cursed at him. Watch your mouth, or Connor will have me whip you out of that whip that out of you too. It hurts. My back was on fire, and every nerve in my body felt it. I don't know why Connor hasn't killed you yet, Mott said. He sees something in you worth keeping, but his patience won't last forever. Give him the rock, Sage. No. Mott wrapped the wet cloth around my side and knotted it tightly. You're a fool, he said. If this is your strategy to become prince, it's a terrible one. Bow to Connor, boy, and give him the rock. Before he left, he blew out both candles, leaving me suspended from the ceiling, half-naked, injured, and in complete darkness. Chapter 23. They came to check on me two more times that day. The first time, Cregan brought a bowl of steaming soup. He said he knew I hadn't eaten much that day and that I must be starved by now. All I had to do was tell them where the rock was hidden, and they'd let me go. I told him the soup smelled awful, and I'd rather lick the dungeon floor. Cregan said that could be arranged. Then he leaned against the wall and ate the soup. When he was full, he threw the remains on me and laughed. I asked Connor to, kill, to let me kill you right now, he said. If you make it quick, then go ahead, and I meant it. Creakin got so close to me that I could smell the onions from the soup on his breath. Oh no, I wouldn't make it quick. I'd take my time with you. Guess I have to be patient, though, because unfortunately, the master wants to keep you around a little while longer. Go away, then. He seemed amused at my attempt to order him and tried an order of his own. Where's the rock? I turned my face away from him and was rewarded with a punch to the stomach. I can do that all I want, he said. It won't leave scars. Keep it up, I said when I recovered my breath. After I'm king, it will lessen my guilt for having you executed. Cregan glared at me, issued me, issued a few threats for what he'd done to do. I'm sorry, issued a few threats for what he'd do the next time he came down and stomped back up the stairs. Any number of hours later, <clears throat> Ma came with a rock that had said was a shiny. Ma came with a rock that he said was as shiny as the one I'd had before. He pointed out that it was a little bigger than the other one and looked more valuable. I could have this rock. I only had to return the other one to Connor. That's imitator's gold, I said, irritated at his attempt to patronize me. Mine was real. Yours was just a worth, worthless rock, Mott said. Even I could tell that. Why does Connor want it then? Why do you want it, Mott said. <clears throat> Neither of you could possibly care for what any, of, what any other person wouldn't even bother to pick up off the side of the road. Connor wants it because you want it, and you want it to defy Connor. If you think this fight proves anything, you're wrong. Tell Connor he needs me to be his prince, I said. Neither Rodden nor Tobias will be able to convince the regents, but I can, and he knows it. I'll tell him, Mott said, but I think Connor 
would be a fool to pass you off as the prince. First chance after that crown landed on your head, you take a royal revenge on him. Just tell him. Tell him I'll be his prince. The next time I heard footsteps on the stairs, I expected it to be Mott or Cregan, but the footsteps fell too lightly. It was impenetrably dark in here, and when the glow from, the, from a candle rounded the corner, its dim light was harsh on my eyes. I squinted, and my dry voice was hoarse as I asked, Who's there? There was no answer. <clears throat> the door to the dungeon opened, and only then did I recognize Imogene. She held a finger to her lips to silence any further questions, then withdrew a flask from her skirt. She raised it to my mouth and let me gulp in cool water until I shook my head that I'd had enough. Also hidden beneath her skirt was a warm roll. She helped me eat it, then wiped my mouth with her fingers so that there would be no sign of food or water. Thank you, I said. After a slight hesitation, she whispered, You look awful. My eyes widened. You talk? Her voice was soft and low. You must keep two secrets for me, that I can talk, and then I came here tonight. Why did you come? It's been more than a day since they brought you here. I don't know how much longer Connor will keep you here. Can't you give him what he wants? I shook my head. He wants to own me. If I give it in to him on this, then there's nothing left of me. She offered me more water, which I gratefully accepted. I should have brought you more to eat, she said, but I was afraid they'd notice. I closed my eyes to rest them for a moment, then opened them and asked, that bruise I saw the other night, was that my fault? I had troubles before you came, and they'll continue after you're gone. Besides, right now, you should worry more about yourself. Who hurts you? Do you know how ridiculous that question is? coming from someone in your position? The encouraging smile she had forced onto her face faded. I'm fine. Some days are harder than others, that's all. And it's easy for them to pick on me because they know I'll never tell. Why do you pretend to be a mute? She lowered her eyes, then looked back into mine. It turned Connor's t attention away. It's better this way, trust me. We fell silent for a moment, then Imogene tilted the flask. It is finished. I'll bring you more later if I can get away. Don't risk it. He'll let me go soon. He has to. Imogene exited the dungeon, fastening the door as it had been before. Looking back through the bars, she said, Don't give up, Sage, and don't give in to him. Please. A lot of us are watching you, and we need to see you to see that it's possible to win. She disappeared as quickly and quietly as she had come. With just the bit of food in my stomach, I was able to relax a little. And for the first time ever, I learned to sleep standing up. Chapter 24 <clears throat> It was impossible to know what time it was when Mott and Cregan returned for me again. I didn't feel as if I'd had any rest, but my arms ached so badly I was sure I'd slept for some time. Whatever food Imogene gave me had long ceased to offer any comfort. Cregan reached the dungeon first and got directly in my face. <clears throat> With a snarl, he asked, Where's the rock? Gold, I mumbled. Enough! Mott pulled Cregan's outstretched arm down. This is between the boy and the master, not you. 
Cregan grabbed my hair to force me to look at him. You're not the prince yet, so I can tell you this. I'm going to do everything in my power to see that Connor chooses one of the other two boys. Because after they ride off to the castle, I'm going to kill you myself. And you will beg for mercy, but you'll come to understand just how merciless I can be. I said enough, Mott repeated. Let him down, Cregan. They released the chains and I crumpled to the floor like a rag doll. Cregan kicked me lightly until I let him have the satisfaction of a groan and then dropped an armful of clothes on me. The master wishes to speak with you. Get dressed. I didn't move until Mott finally crouched to the floor and began dressing me. Then he cursed and said to Cregan, he's bled through on his bandages. Get some more. Get me some more. I'll have to get them from upstairs, Cregan said. We didn't have much down here before. Then get them! Cregan's footsteps pounded up the stairs while I lay face down on the filthy floor. Mott worked silently to remove my bandages. One of them pulled where dried sweat and blood had bonded to my skin. I cringed and Mott breathed an apology. With tears in my eyes, I said, You have to help me. Please, Mott. I can do this. I work for Connor, not you. Then, after a moment, he sighed tiredly and added, After all this, the master is still on, still considering you. That says a lot. It's time to stop thinking of yourself as an orphan and look at yourself as a prince. I will always be an orphan now. And for the first time in as long as I can remember, I cried. I cried for my lost family and for every circumstance in my life that had led me here. Mott held my forehead until calm slowly returned to me. Forgive me, I mumbled. You're half starved and exhausted, he said. Forgive me that, my, that it was my job to bring this upon you. Moments later, Cregan returned. He handed the new bandage to Mott and then stood back as Mott carefully peeled away the rest of the old one. Give me a light, he directed Cregan. Cregan handed him a candle, which they held close to me. It's going to scar, Mott said. It cut deeper than I had thought, but I think so far we saved it from any infection. They poured more of the liquid into the cut. I clawed at the floor for relief from the pain, but it made, but made little sound. There was no energy for that. The sting passed and they wrapped me in a new bandage. It took both Mott's and Cregan's help to get me dressed. Then they walked me up the stairs. The early morning light was fierce on my eyes and I stumbled backward. Anything to get away from so much sun. Get him some water, Mott said to someone nearby, while still holding me firmly. A cup appeared and Mott pressed it to my lips. I took a few sips and then turned my head away. The light didn't hurt so badly now. I faintly realized how much I missed seeing it. We can't delay any longer, Mott said. Let's take him to Connor. They sat me in a chair facing Connor's desk. Connor stared at me for what seemed like an, an eternity and then said, you look terrible. I said nothing. If you learn nothing else during your time here, Sage, perhaps you will learn not to defy me. You were two nights down there. Did you know it's been so long? I hope you had time to reflect that disobedience to me will bring you nothing but misery. 
Again, I had no response. It occurred to me that obedience to him offered its own form of misery, but I wasn't going to tell him that. Besides, it hurt to talk. Connor nodded at Mott, who brought out a tray and set it on Connor's desk. It was filled with items I recognized as having come from various hiding places around my bed and my drawers. Connor picked up a few things that I'd pickpocketed over the last few days. A butter knife, a gold cufflink, several coins. No need to ask about these, he said. You've obviously managed to find time amongst your other studies to steal from me and those in this household. Yes, that was obvious, so I remained silent. Then Connor picked up some papers. But I must ask about these. Do you know what's on them? I don't know what you're looking at, I mumbled. They're notes someone made. Whoever wrote them seems to have detailed some strange plans. They may be interpreted as ways to get rid of me should he become king. Everything from the rather offensive appointing me as a foreign ambassador to poisoning me, poisoning my wine. Who wrote this, Sage? I shook my head. Is your name on it? Of course not. As I said, this is the only, this is only my interpretation of the notes. Tell me who wrote them so I can ask about it. I wanted to practice writing with my right hand. I found these in a bin set for fire kindling. I must ask you directly. Did you write these notes? I started to laugh, then choked on it as pain thumped in my side. You can't think I'm that foolish. Rodden couldn't have made these notes either, Connor said. It must be Tobias. Ask him then. I think not, Connor said. I believe I'll let Tobias rest secure in the belief that he's in the lead for my decision. The more confident he is, if he is authored these pages, that overconfidence will guide him to expose himself. Connor chuckled and then added, I'm sure the secret is safe between you and me, correct? He didn't wait for a response, and I offered none. Connor stood and walked over to me. He lifted my face and inspected it for cuts or bruises. You're none the worse after a stay in my dungeons. I hope the experience humbled you. He took the blank expression on my face as an answer and continued. You're a difficult young man, Sage, but I suspect that comes from your lack of discipline and supervision, which means I can train it out of you. I've heard that down in the dungeons, you told Mott you would be my prince. Is that so? You need me. Why is that? It took me a few seconds to collect my breath to answer. Tobias and Rodden can't convince the, re convince the regents. I can. So you'll be their prince, Connor said. But will you be my prince? Slowly, I nodded. Connor smiled and said, You have one more week to prove it to me. Sleep today and you'll resume lessons tomorrow. Now go get some rest. He never asked me about the rock, but he got what he really wanted. I had promised to be his prince.